Since the time of the Buddha, nearly 2,600 years ago, the tradition has been that in monsoon season, you go on retreat. So I'd like to welcome you all in continuing this tradition. (laughs) It um, really did feel like monsoon season this afternoon with the wind and the rain. And uh, so, yeah, so welcome all. It's really, really lovely to have you all here and lovely to be here again. Um, Do you remember how many years since we first taught together? You're going to make us sound old now. Yeah, I know. Uh, Maybe before some of you were born. (laughs) No. (laughs) 97, Close to 20 years. 17, 16, 17 years. Yeah. Yeah, long time. So 16, 17 years we've been, Brad and I have been teaching uh, this this type of retreat together. And... um, one of the highlights of the year for me. Mm. It's uh, really lovely to be mm. with Brad again and, mm. and really lovely to be in Gaia House again. It feels like a, a second home for me. So many of, you, um, many of you are here in Gaia House for the first time and um, we could kind of see you kind of wandering around, getting lost in all the different corridors and uh, just want to assure you that you'll figure it out pretty quickly. It's not, it's not so difficult. And um, many of you are here on retreat for the first time, first time on retreat. And um, a number of you have never done any kind of a retreat before anywhere. And then some of you have been on retreats before with us and with other teachers. So, so a whole range, so wherever you fit in that range, just to know that you're not alone. You're, you're being well supported by your, your fellow yogis. And um, yeah, so I'd, um, yeah, so I'd just like to, to welcome you and I'd really, really hope that you, you find it easy to settle in although you may not. Um, the, uh, the first day or two can often be a little bit overwhelming and a little bit of a struggle. Um, commonly, tiredness shows. Commonly, restlessness shows. Commonly, doubt. What am I doing here? Especially if you've never been here before and you've looked at the schedule. The schedule can can look pretty intimidating, um, but I'd just like to um, like to mention that the schedule is is really intended as a support, and and I'd really like to encourage you, as intimidating as the schedule looks, I'd like to encourage you to follow the schedule as as much as you can. Um, following the schedule means that you don't have to think about what to do next or where you should be or what you should be doing. One of the the intentions that the Buddha specified for the meditation is the intention for renunciation. And just by coming here on retreat, you've renounced a lot. And one of the things that you've renounced is having to make a lot of decisions. And it can be a huge relief for the mind and body to not have to be constantly making decisions and choices. And so I really encourage you to to see the schedule as a support in that, that process of settling. If you, um, if you look at the schedule, maybe I should look at the schedule. <laughs> um, if you look at the schedule, you see that there's a lot of um, sitting, qigong, sitting, qigong, sitting, qigong, sitting. Oh, there's some walking. Oh, there's lunch. Ah, breakfast. Nice. Um, oh, 
Usually on our schedules at the end of the day it says rest. It doesn't say rest here. <laughs> but you will get a chance to rest. So just real encouragement to 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 have a look at the schedule and get some familiarity and and just to know that whenever you hear a bell ring, it means it's time to come to the meditation hall. And once you're in the meditation hall, whatever comes next will tell you. <laughs> okay? So you don't have to you don't have to think at all about what's next. And it really allows it as as well as as well as supporting us in that settling, it really supports us in settling into the present, which is a huge piece of the meditation, which um, I'll speak about some more a little bit later and and throughout the retreat. So, real encouragement. Um, a couple of a couple of times that are really really particularly important, essential that you be here. Um, one is at the 9.30 sitting, so the first sitting after the work period. That's when I will give the instructions for the sitting meditation for the day. So really important to be here for that. And in the period right after that, Brad will be giving the Qigong instructions for the day. Okay, so those those two periods in the morning are really, really important. Um, the first sitting in the afternoon at 3.15, um, I'm not sure if it'll be every day, but most days will be a guided meditation. And at that time, there will also a guided sitting. And at that time, there will also be some additional instructions, some new instructions. Okay, so those two periods in the morning and the one period at 3.15, really essential. What about 2.30? Will you be giving extra new instructions? Nothing new. Nothing new, okay. So those, those three periods, really important, but the rest of the day is equally important. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so and, and again, really, really emphasizing that the, the schedule really is a support. And the more you follow it, the more you settle into a rhythm, and and the retreat becomes becomes a flow, and it gets much easier to to really feel settled. Um, with the um, with the schedule, with the, the the various periods, the sitting periods, the qigong periods, really like you, we'd really like you to be here on time. So the bell rings, and I think they give you seven minutes warning. So you have seven minutes to, to be into the meditation hall. Okay? And, and it, it's really important because we want the meditation hall to be a place of quietness and stillness. And so everyone to be here for the beginning of a period, and then unless, there's, unless you have some real emergency we ask that you stay until the end of the sitting period or the Qigong period. Okay? So, so, that we're, so that we're here together, we're supporting each other. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing on a retreat. We're, we're here, and Brad's going to speak about silence. We're here in silence, so we're not having interaction with each other. So there's a sense of, of being supported in turning the attention inward, and yet we're supported by the whole group. There's, there's you know, about 50 other people here supporting each one of us. So the, the being here and being present for the whole period is, is really a support for ourselves as well as for each other. Also with the schedule... Um, tomorrow morning, sometime during the work period, we'll be posting lists of small groups and times for small group meetings. And so you'll be you'll be put into each of you will be put into a small group. And during the retreat, you'll meet your group. Each group will meet once with me and once with Brad. Okay, so that will be an opportunity for you to ask questions, to make sure you understand what's going on and a chance for us to check in and see how you're doing. 
as well um, want to emphasize that the reason Brad and I are here are not to be on retreat, but to support you. That's why we're here. And so if you're having a struggle, or if there's any question that can't wait for a small group, or you don't feel comfortable asking in a small group, please, please leave either one of us a note asking for a meeting, and we'll give you a time for an individual meeting. Okay, really, really important not to, not to feel that you're isolated and alone, but to really know that we are here to support you. Okay, so that's that's the schedule. The schedule as a as a as a real support for us and all the all the different aspects of the schedule. Um, the other the other support that I'd like to um, just speak about briefly it's it's commonly referred to as the precepts, and the precepts are agreements that we have, and they're practices that we have. Um, and they're they practices that all have to do with relating, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to each other, how we relate to the environment, how we relate to objects. And the, the, and the, the, these precepts um, form what, what the Buddha referred to as an ethical foundation for the practice. It provides us with an, an ethical way of being in the world, and in this case, the world is this retreat, as well as the, the inner world. And um, just, just to briefly mention these, the, the, these, five, these five precepts are posted out here, and, um, and I'd encourage you to, to have a look at them and, and have some familiarity with them. Um, but, but briefly, they are... Um, the first one is... And the wording is, I undertake the training. Yeah, I undertake the training. So it's their practices, <coughs> their undertakings, their, their trainings. So first one is, I undertake the training to refrain from killing any living being. Okay, and we can, we can expand that one a little bit. Undertake the training to refrain from causing harm to any living being. The second one is, I, refra- I, I undertake the training to refrain from taking what is not freely offered to me. So it's about our relationship to things, and particularly things that belong to someone else. Okay, so really being mindful of, of what we're taking, what we're claiming. Okay, and, and um, one, one thing at one way it often shows up on retreats is with the meditation cushions. Someone will suddenly come and say, my cushion has disappeared. And someone else has maybe thought that it's not being used, and I can use an extra cushion, so I'll take it. So if you need an extra cushion, there's lots of them in the back room. There are, um, there's benches in the back room. There's wedge cushions. There's all kinds of things back there. There's more chairs. We've made more room at the back of the room now, more space. So if you find that you need a chair to sit on, please put a chair at the back and sit in a chair. Okay, so to refrain from taking what is not freely offered. Third one is, I undertake the training to refrain from, the actual wording is sensual misconduct which refers to overloading the sense doors. <laughs> it's, it's, commonly, <coughs> it's more commonly interpreted as sexual misconduct. And on retreats, it means observing celibacy. And the main reason for this on retreats is to provide, and, and actually for all of the precepts, to provide an atmosphere of safety, for each and every one of us. It's providing an atmosphere where we are allowing each other to have space in which to do their practice and to not be disturbed 
to not be imposed on in any way. Okay, so it's about relating to each other, how we relate to each other. The fourth precept is I undertake the training to refrain from speaking untruthfully. And Brad's going to talk about keeping silence. (laughs) So that one can be a little easier. But it's also about what we're saying to ourselves. You know, those of you who haven't done a retreat before will will notice, as those of us who have done lots of retreats before, that um, particularly in the early part of a retreat, there's a lot of internal chatter. And, and, and sometimes we can just see the chatter and just ask ourselves, is this true? And just by asking the question, the chatter will stop. <laughs> because so often it's not. <laughs> okay, so we undertake the training to refrain from speaking untruthfully. And of course, this will apply very much in small group meetings and in individual meetings with us. The, uh, the, fifth, the fifth precept is I undertake the training to refrain from using substances that lead to carelessness. And traditionally it refers to alcohol and recreational drugs and so so we undertake the training to refrain from using these substances on retreat and um, and I would I would expand it a little bit more um, you know people very commonly notice that after lunch they're very tired <laughs> you know it's having taken too much of a substance, that leads to dullness and tiredness. So being mindful of what's being taken in. How much reading are you doing? How much attention is going out there? And feeding. Okay, so so really being mindful of how much external input we're we're taking in. Okay, so these are, the, these are the five precepts. And again, the, the precepts are very much a support for the practice, um, a support for our own practice in terms of them being, there being a training, and a support for each other in terms of providing a space, an environment of safety and of, of non-intrusiveness so that we can each take advantage of these wonderful conditions we have to really bring the attention internally and to really settle within our own beings. Okay, so Brad now wants to <coughs> make some noise about silence. <coughs> mm. So I'd like to welcome everybody. And uh, it's quite an extraordinary thing to come on retreat. It's quite an extraordinary thing to make that step out of the everyday life and into this environment, this environment that really the whole focus, orientation of this environment is towards the inner life. And so much of our focus in that everyday world is out there, isn't it? You know, so if that rings true for you, you've come to the right place. If it hasn't, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll see how things go. And I want to also acknowledge the courage it takes, actually, to to step out of the what can sometimes feel like a a force of the mainstream to consume, to get, to have, to satiate ourselves with things. And to step into this environment where Norman talked about renunciation, where we're, we're letting go of that, we're seeing that habit. And as much as we can, we're letting go of that habit to try and feed off what's going on around us, whether it's the delicious lunch. Or it could also be the thoughts, the obsessions about what we're going to do after the retreat. So we're bringing our awareness, our orientation to the inner life. So that we can come into relationship 
more directly, more openly with this gift of human birth. So I want to acknowledge and appreciate the courage for all of us to come here, to set aside five days, to let go of the worldly and the family and everything else, to really give this time to your own experience of being here as a human. Completely priceless, this environment and these practices. And I want to particularly welcome those of you that have never been here before and thinking, what the hell have I done? What am I doing here? (laughs) So if you find yourself at any stage on the retreat asking that question, what am I doing here? Just answer that with as little as possible. Yeah? Our intention is to actually slow down to not get busy with things to do you know the to-do list and to do as little as possible does that ring a bell? yeah and again that takes a lot of courage because when we're more focused on the external when we start to bring an orientation to the inner life it can be clunky it can be awkward it can be unusual I really want to welcome you those of you that have never ever been here before or never done anything of this type, this practice and uh, know that you're not alone in this hall there's a lot of you who are new to this practice and we, we say in in this tradition that we, we say that beginner's mind is really such a key quality it's also to say to those of you that are here for the first time it's like you're our teachers because you're fresh if this is your 10th, 20th, 30th retreat there's more to let go of to really be fresh yeah? and that freshness of beginner's mind there's a real quality of openness and a quality of not knowing not knowing what is happening next which goes against, again, our culture. We need to know what is going on. And this environment is a not-knowing or an unknowing. And Norman spoke a lot about the support, and just to (coughs) re-emphasize that this whole environment, Gaia House as an institution, everybody that works here every brick and mortar in the buildings is here to support you how is it to consider that everything is orientated to supporting you being here with this and waking up in this our purpose like Norman says not to just sit here and have a wonderfully blissful time or whatever Our, our, our intention is here to be of service and support to you. So please make make use of this environment and make use of the teaching and the practice and make use of us as teachers to support, to support this unfolding of the inner life. And another support that Norm's mentioned a few times is silence and silence is a real key cornerstone to this practice and has been for since the time of, of the Buddha going back two and a half thousand years to actually take oneself away from the overload of our senses of the too much information of our culture the instant access of the internet and to begin to not feed the senses in that way so there's more space the internal life and one of the big ways that we actually dissipate energy and that we take ourselves out is through talking it doesn't have to be that's the conundrum it can be a real amazing way to to connect 
but so much of the time we go out. So this retreat is about stepping back in. So we really ask you to honour and respect the precept of silence here. And obviously there are different situations where that's not needed. So when you come to a small group or if you come to an interview with Norman and I, if you just sit there and say, it would be kind of difficult for us to really know what's going on. We're not psychic, so you know you need to kind of speak. And also, if it's just a practical thing, you know, sometimes at dinner, you know, you just need pass the salt or you know, or the gesture. So it's not like this thing that if you utter something, you know, like Monty Python, the foot comes down and that's the end, you know. But it's it's a practice to really bring ourselves more inside, and also it creates an atmosphere of silence. And that atmosphere is something that we bathe in here and it it really has the potential to reset our nervous system to reset our psychology to really give us a break to bathe in the quietness and the silence so we're supporting each other by being silent if you're really struggling please come and see us if it's something more practical please go and see one of the coordinators Um, if you're here with someone that you know if you're concerned about them please leave us a note please don't go up to them and check out how they're doing the kindest thing you can do is pass on that responsibility to us If you've still got your mobile with you, I really would strongly suggest you turn off and you don't turn on again till the end of the retreat. It's a phenomenon of the last five, six, seven years of mobiles where previously to that, if you wanted to make a phone call, you'd have to go to the phone box and that stopped most of the phone calls and the speaking. But now with the instant access, not only can you be in communication with your loved ones you can go and check the rugby score or <laughs> football or cricket or whatever you know don't want to put suggestions but you don't need to be doing that here if you're not sure if you can do that switch the mobile off go to the reception and hand it to a coordinator they'll look after it for you if your mobile you've got it with you because you have concern that you need to be contactable what I suggest is that you call or text that person with the Gaia House landline. And the, the reception there are constantly checking messages. Also, silence in the hall, so coming in and out. Norman said, please stay for the full length of a session and come in on time. And sometimes just coming in, you know, we, we kind of have a sense of really settling here together. And sometimes, you know, if you come in really fast or a lot of noise, it can feel quite a, send quite a ripple through the hall. So just coming in mindfully into the hall. And also with reading, it's another way of just not putting information in. So if you brought a novel with you, you know, just please put it aside. If you would like to make notes, I'd suggest not, unless there's just some insight, a particular revelation that you just want to write a sentence about. I find that we can we can have a revelation or an insight and then just get very caught up in our mind about it. And if we write from there, we read it a few days later, it doesn't make sense. If you can if you do write something, keep it simple, one sentence. Write it from the place of the revelation or the insight and then let it go. That insight is in that moment let it go oh yes um, confidentiality in the small groups people will be sharing you'll be in a group of maybe seven six, seven, eight people and people will be sharing about their lives or their experience please hold that very 
confidentially and don't talk about that outside of the retreat with other people. It's an important part of the precept of just containing that here. So, so we're talking about um, giving ourselves a, a break from lots of information. Well, we've just given you an hour of information. <laughs> so, what I'd like us to do is we'll get up and we'll just move a little bit just to kind of free up body and mind. So, if you want to stand up. The Qigong will develop the Qigong over, over the days. One of the basic practices is really to listen to your body, listen to the capacity of what your body can do, and don't push. So if you need to take a rest at any stage, please do. It's okay just to stop and sit down, or stop and sit down on the chair or your cushion. Yeah, so don't push. The more we push ourselves, the tenser the body gets. This practice is a practice of opening to experience rather than forcing. So, let's just um, free up the feet a bit. Let that movement move through your body so you're feet, your legs, your hips, your spine, shoulders, your neck, your head, your breath, all moving. Take a few deeper breaths, breathe into your belly if you can, breathe out. It's okay to make a bit of sound. Then shaking, so feet about shoulder width, shake your hips and your hands. Imagine you've got a very long tail and you've got to shake your tail. So excited at the prospect of a five day retreat. Shake that tail. Shake your hip, uh, your shoulders. <laughs> Up and down like this. And then take a deep breath, raise your shoulders. Breathe out. <coughs> Shake loose your hands. Yeah, make sure you don't knock your neighbour out. shoulders back, releasing your shoulders, your neck, your head. Get your arms involved, going backwards.
gesture like you've got a ball, hands coming around outside the ball, very open gesture of the body, just opening your awareness, opening your awareness to sense, connect, feel, sense of your whole body. of your whole body, you can have a sense of your hands or your feet or all different parts of your body, but let your awareness open to your whole body. like there's a chi ball here. So open the hands, open the palms, open your fingers, elbows, shoulders. Unlock your knees, open your feet. And then just open your awareness to that kind of quality of receptivity to receive the sense of your whole body. sense of awareness of your whole body, allow your sense of your feet to come more to the foreground of awareness, feel your feet, feet on the ground,
to make the transition to your cushion or the chair. to um, settle into the sitting posture and do a little bit of sitting meditation. In, in the, la- the last number of years, a word that has become almost synonymous with meditation is mindfulness. And through the days of this retreat, we'll be We'll be exploring and explaining, talking about <coughs> meditation in a way that we'll come to see that meditation, excuse me, <coughs> that meditation is much more than mindfulness. However, mindfulness is, after the ethical foundation, mindfulness is the, the foundation. Mindfulness is, the, is kind of the, the starting point of the meditation. And, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to come up with a phrase that describes or explains what mindfulness is. It's, um, it's, a, it's a hard one to, to, really, to really kind of catch the flavor of what does it actually mean. And um, it was interesting, Brad just used the word receptive talked about being receptive in the holding and and the phrase that I've most current most currently been kind of playing around with is relaxed receptivity. The mindfulness is relaxed receptivity. So it's receptivity in the sense of being alert, being awake, not being alert and awake in the sense of trying to find something or trying to get something, but rather being awake and alert to be receptive to what shows. And with that, with that, along with that, what goes is being relaxed. So it's that, that combination of relaxed and alertness. And so, so lately I've, I've just been giving attention and thinking of mindfulness in, in that way, that, that relaxed receptivity. And, and real emphasis on <coughs> the receptivity of the piece, the, the, the whole piece of being, being spacious and being open to receive what shows. So mindfulness always has an object, and we begin, we begin with, with an object, and we we allow mindfulness to be receptive primarily to that. And through the retreat, we'll be changing the object. So if you find that you're getting bored with the initial object, it's fine. You be receptive to boredom, knowing that it will change. Knowing that the object will change and the boredom itself will change. Okay, so so the the object in the in the sitting meditation and in the qigong will will keep evolving through the retreat, and and this is this is to a large extent where the sense of meditation being more than just mindfulness will start to come into play. So I'd like to um, like to begin just by saying a few words about the sitting posture. And um, and again, to 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 really settle into the posture really does require being receptive to the experience of how it is to be sitting. <clears throat> and the 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 main guidelines for the sitting posture are that the body be erect, be upright. So the back and the neck reasonably straight and at the same time be relaxed 
so that there's a sense of the body being able to settle downward into the ground, into the earth. To support having the body upright without using a lot of struggle, a lot of stress, a lot of strain, a lot of tension in the body, the single, the single biggest support that I know of and that many people find is that in the sitting posture, the hips be higher than the knees. So if you're sitting on a bench, your hips are automatically higher than your knees, almost automatically. If you're sitting on a chair, it depends on the chair. <laughs> so here's where the being receptive comes into play. Okay, so if you're sitting in a chair, unless you have some back injury or neck injury or chronic pain, I would really recommend moving forward so that you're not leaning back. And this allows the body to be upright, and it also supports staying awake. Okay, now, in moving forward so that you're not leaning back, then it becomes important that the hips be higher than the knees. And so if you find that they're not, if you find that because of the chair your hips and knees are level or your knees are higher than your hips, then I would suggest putting a cushion under you to raise the hips. There's also in the back room, there's wedge-shaped cushions. So you can get a wedge-shaped cushion and that will help to, to raise, raise the hips. And this again, the purpose for this is to support the back being straight and upright. Okay, so we want to be in a sitting position and again, whether it's on the floor, cross-legged, on a cushion, on two cushions, three cushions, on a bench, on a chair, <coughs> however you're sitting, the body be upright, and yet as much as possible to be relaxed in that position so that there isn't a sense of holding yourself upright. When the posture is right, the body almost holds itself. It just takes the least amount of muscle tension to hold the body upright. So body upright, hips higher than the knees, then let the shoulders relax. If you want to give a couple of shrugs, mm -hmm. just let the shoulders, as much as you can, let the shoulders drop down. So the arms relax and the hands come to rest on the knees or in the lap, just finding a comfortable place of rest for the hands. <clears throat> It's really a matter of allowing. So not forcing the eyelids, not forcing the eyes to be closed, not forcing yourself to have your eyes open, not forcing some position in between, but really allowing the eyes to find the position with the least tension. And then bringing the attention, bringing mindfulness into the body and just noticing how does the body feel right now. If your hips are higher than your knees, but your knees are still way up in the air, then you might want to get a couple of cushions or something to put under your knees to allow them to support, to be supported so they can be at rest. So allowing the awareness to be receptive to how does the body feel just sitting right now.
Does it feel upright or does it feel like it's falling over? Does it feel warm or cool or just right? Does it feel balanced or off balance? Does it feel in general pleasant or unpleasant or neutral? Is there any sense of pulsing or vibrating or throbbing or aching? It's really opening to the experience of the body. And then slowly allowing the awareness to settle downward through the body. And as the awareness settles downward, as much as you can, allowing the weight of the body to settle down with it, keeping upright, but settling. Settling down through the trunk of the body, through the legs, and settling into the contact with the ground. Allowing as much as you can for a sense of the body coming to rest on the earth. To be supported by the earth. opening to what the experience is, how does it feel in that contact with the ground? And as you begin to feel settled in that contact, that resting on the ground, again, just gently allowing the awareness to open, allowing the field of awareness to open, and being receptive to the whole experience of body just sitting, however it's showing. Relaxed receptivity, not trying to get anything or have anything or become anything. Simply to be receptive to how the body is in each moment.
with this openness and this receptivity comes an attitude or a relationship of caring, of friendliness, of gentleness. of not judging. All of this is part of mindfulness. When the bell rings, just gently opening your eyes and relaxing, being settled. when you went to school and you had the three R's. So Norman's given you two R's, but he's also given, he's mentioned a third R. What was the third R? It was the first and second. What's the first and second? <laughs> relaxed, relaxed receptivity. Relaxed receptivity. Relaxation, receptivity, and then resting. Resting. So I'd, I'd encourage us to, mm. to explore all three of these. And particularly this evening and tonight, exploring resting. And it's an interesting quality because we can rest in anything, at any time. So the three R's resting, relaxed, receptive. And uh, maybe this evening, the first of those three R's would be the, the more to focus on. Resting. And we wish you a really good night's rest. And uh, yeah, really getting a good night's sleep is also a good part of being on retreat to kind of uh, top up the sleep kind of uh, quota. Yeah, because often in busy lives we, we miss out on sleep. So really sleep well. 
and there'll be a wake-up bell at 6.30 and at 7 o'clock there'll be sitting meditation in here and at 7.30 breakfast. So, thank you. Have a good night. I might just mention that the um, the 7 o'clock sitting meditation, there won't be any instruction given, so you've just had the instructions for that for that sitting. And then... Um, at the uh, at the nine thirty sitting, that's when I'll give some more detailed, more specific instruction. So please have a good night, rest well, sleep well, and wake up well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.